Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. We're back here on the first team, Joe DeLeon. You're joined by former NFL and college QB Matt Sims, also founder of the Sims Complete QB. Also with us is Irish breakdown recruiting analyst Ryan Roberts. Today we're doing another episode that we did a couple weeks ago. Very similar in the sense that we're going to be buying or selling the hype for teams that are getting either propped up, actually are getting propped up way, way too much. The three teams that we're going to be talking about today are USC, Texas, and Penn State. Very high expectations for these three programs. Guys, starting us out with USC, Lincoln Riley enters year two. Caleb Williams won the Heisman last season. There is a pretty big expectation for them this upcoming year. Now, I know that they fell short in the Pac-12 championship game. They didn't live up to those expectations and that possibility of uh, getting to the playoff, which I think some people hoped or thought was a possibility at the end of the year. But now, in year two, as Caleb Williams, of, as being him being the starter, and Lincoln Riley running this program in the right direction, getting a massive haul in the portal, the expectation is that they win the Pac-12, that they go on to the college football playoff, and maybe they can even steal a game if things are going and trending in the right direction. I want to start things off here. Matt, I want to go to you first. Do you think that it's possible? Do you think that they can accomplish all of that, reach the playoff, uh, let's just leave it at that. Can they reach the playoff and can they win the Pac-12 championship game? What do you think? There definitely is a possibility, especially with the two gentlemen that you just mentioned with Lincoln Riley and, and Caleb Williams and just their their ability to create just unbelievable offensive firepower will always be an unbelievable advantage for that football team. But we've discussed in previous shows, Ryan and I both think that you know we have high expectations for Washington. Ryan has high expectations for Washington State this year. You know, Utah is always going to be a team that is well-coached and well-driven and just extremely organized as far as what they do both offensively and defensively. So I think the path is going to be extremely difficult for USC this season, a little bit more difficult just because of the fact that everyone's had a year now to look and watch Lincoln in the offseason and to see what he does offensively and what he tries to do as far as how he attacks defense. The problem is that he's still got Caleb Williams calling and throwing the football for him, so he's going to – He's going to still overcome a lot of those things. But good combination, right, for the USC Trojans right now. Got a great head coach. Got a great offensive coordinator, right? Got got a great quarterback and a potential two-peat Heisman champion. But I do think that they will come up short making it to the college football playoff. As I've mentioned in previous shows, I think that it's very possible for them to win the Pac-12. And I am buying this the hype right now of them winning the Pac-12 but I am selling the fact that they will still not make the college football playoff. Mm. Uh, well, Matt, I think the key thing that you hit on there is that the Pac-12 this year, I think, is going to be one of the most competitive conferences in all of college football. I mean, I really think yeah. that Washington is a school returning Michael Penix Jr., returning Jalen McMillan, returning Roma Dunze, returning Braylon Trice. A lot of really good football players coming back for Washington, a team that just won double-digit wins last year under Kalen DeBoer in his first year as the head coach. So I think that Washington is going to be a team that is going to be very good. Oregon is going to be a team that just won double-digit win games last right. year. I think that they are heading, obviously, in the right direction. 
and are continuing to grow, obviously in the second year now with their under their head coach. And I really think that for me, you look at Washington State, I think it's a team that's going to show massive improvements. I think that there are going to be other teams that are going to take steps forward this year so that we're going to see a lot more competitive football games and a lot more of, and, and can't forget about Oregon state, right? Another team that w- had a pretty good year last year. So I think the PAC 12 is probably the most heavily debated conference. Will USC have a chance? Mm-hmm. I think they'll have a chance, but I'm going to sell it here, Joe. I am. And I didn't even mention Utah who literally has won the last two Pac-12 championships in back-to-back years. Mm -hmm. I really think that Washington will be my pick today. I think USC will be in the conversation until the end. And I understand why there's so much optimism. You have Lincoln Riley. You have Caleb Williams on the offensive side of the football. You have some talented receivers like you always are going to have under Lincoln Riley. And defensively, you load it up in the transfer portal. you got guys like Jack Sullivan and Anthony Lucas and some talented dudes. My issue there is – is that you still have the same defensive coordinator in Alex Grinch. So I can't fully buy into both sides of the football. So sell this one. I think USC is going in a great direction. I think Lincoln Riley is going to get him back to good heights and continue to improve as a program over the next couple of years. But I'm selling them, and it's mostly because I think the Pac-12 has a chance to be the most competitive conference of college football in 2023. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you guys here. And, and I agree a lot with what you just said there, Ryan. I, I think that... As promising as things are for USC and the progression that they're making, it's it's hard for me to say that they're light years ahead of all of the other programs that we're talking about right now, which is Washington, which is Oregon, which is Utah. And then there's other outliers in there that are going to be talented enough to maybe upset them, like Oregon State, like UCLA. There are possibilities for them to even run the table against the best teams that they face, but still lose to maybe somebody that's unexpected because – as much as we clown on the Pac-12 and as much as like just nationally there is this, this tone that the Pac-12 is uncompetitive and unwatchable and doesn't get as many eyes, it has a lot of really good football players. We have to admit that this is a very, very difficult conference to win. It is going to require very, very uh, consistent and almost perfect football from USC if they want to win across the board. They are going to need – to be flawless if they want to come out of the Pac-12, win that, and then go on to the college football playoff. I think that they win the conference, but if they win it, it's going to be with with one or two losses. And somebody else will probably get that nod and get into the playoff ahead of them. It's just it's too Herculean of a task, in my opinion, with how close all these other teams are, especially, and as you said, Ryan, none of these teams really were significantly picked apart by the draft or by the transfer portal. Most of them not only return important players, but they're also returning like or going and bringing in guys from the portal. So there is a lot of good talent that is going to be so, so hard to defeat uh, this upcoming season. I can't wait for the comments section, though, because they're all going to call you a USC hater, Joe, because we know you hate the state. Oh, I am a USC hater. I am a USC hater. I will sit here and admit it. You guys aren't going to the college football playoff. Here's the fan side of this answer. I don't have any – I I hate USC. I really honestly hope that USC does not reach the college football playoff. That's the real answer. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I'm in the boat of Notre Dame allegiance, right? Notre Dame fandom. So I have despised Mm -hmm. USC for as long as I can remember. But I also do believe that USC being a good football team is much better for college football. So I want them to be good. I just don't want them to be too good. So, 
Matt's the one uh, outside observer who doesn't have a dog in the fight, but <laughs> still agrees with us. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I don't really care. I just want to watch good football, entertaining football, and the Pac-12 right. is definitely going to be able to do that for us this season. Well, and, I, and that's, why, that's why I think it's such a fun conference is that I, could, I think I could legitimately make an argument that USC could win the conference, Any. Washington can win the conference, Oregon can win the conference, Utah can win the conference again. Like there are so many different options, which I think is why it's such a magnetic conversation this year coming up. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, Texas, though, is another team that when they're good, it is great for the national landscape of college football. Now the joke is, are they back? Are they, you know, is Texas back? That's the, the comment that is made every single season. And then we love to play that Sam Ellinger clip uh, that he had a couple of years ago at a bowl game when they won a, you know, a, a nothing bowl game. And then since then, they have been very, very up and down. The hype for this upcoming season, it's, it's kind of crazy to me that it feels like it's a foregone conclusion that Texas wins the Big 12. I feel like no one is talking about any of the other teams in the Big 12 to put up any bit of a fight and that they're just going to run away with this one and then they're going to jump ship uh, and go to the SEC and they're going to be competitive in the SEC right away. That, to me, I think is going to be a, an interesting debate. I am leaning sell. Ryan, what do you think? Well, I'm buying them win the conference. I'm not going to buy them Texas being back because Texas being back is winning a national championship potentially, right? Being a national title. Okay, let's 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 yeah, let's talk specifically winning the conference then. I am buying them to win the conference in 2023. I am because I I think for me, I'm just not as high as some of the other teams that are going to be near the top of the conference this upcoming season. I think Texas is going to be bringing a whole lot back, right? You're going to have second year of Quinn Ewers as the full time starter. You're going to have Isaiah Nayer coming back from injury, who was lost last year, the transfer from Wyoming. You're going to have Xavier Worthy hopefully getting back into the, the foot of things a little bit. You're going to have A.D. Mitchell transferring over from Georgia. You're going to have Jatavian Sanders at tight end. You're going to have your whole offensive line basically coming back. And plus, your defense was actually better than people kind of gave him credit for last year. Texas defense actually was pretty solid in 2022. So Definitely. I think when you look at what they have coming back, I am the most optimistic and most – I just have the least amount of questions with them. The other teams that you want to talk about as top top of the Big 12 are TCU, who I think is going to take a massive step back because they just lost a whole lot. I just think it's going to be a little bit of a reload. It's going to – or a little bit of a rebuild, I should say. I think that it's going to be a couple years until that program gets it to a spot where – you can consistently just lose great players and just plug guys in. Like, I just don't think that you're nearly there with TCU. Oklahoma, just not that high on it, man. I'm just not. I have my questions about Brett Venables as a head coach. I think it'll be better in year two, but, you know, better from six and seven, right? So eight and four, maybe mm. nine and five, nine and four with a bowl game. I don't know. We'll see what the next step is for them. And outside of that, it's can Baylor – you know, take a step up from the down year under Dave Aranda last year after you know being in the conference championship the year before and winning the conference. So I think Texas just has the easiest pathway. I think they have the least amount of question marks. So I am buying them win the conference, and I think that they will be in contention until the very end because I just think they have the most proven commodities coming back in 2023. Yeah, great points, Ryan. I love all of those thoughts that you have right there, and I'm right there with you on the same page. The biggest question and concern, I think, for Texas is just going to be, can they stay healthy? 
you know, and, and that's really, I think, a legitimate question for them and their hopes at just winning the Big 12 Conference. If they can stay healthy, if Quinn Ewers can stay healthy the entire football season and, and just be a dynamic football player for him, good things are going to happen. I believe in Steve Sarkeesian as a play caller and as a leader of that program. He does, He's done a great job of just revitalizing and bringing a new, you know, youthful attitude to the program that was – you know, in, in a little bit of a situation of purgatory. So I, I like what Texas is doing. I agree with Ryan. There isn't much uh, – it it's not as deep of a field of competition right now. I do think Baylor will take a step forward. I do think Oklahoma will take a step forward. Kansas State, uh, I'm curious to see how the season plays out for them. Uh, I, I think that, you know, last year was a fantastic year. I don't think they'll be able to repeat it the same way, similar to TCU, like you said, Ryan. So it really is going to be a question of Texas. Can you stay healthy throughout the football season? And uh, I am definitely buying them being winning the Big 12. But like USC, I am going to sell them as far as making it to the college football playoff. Joe, first home game. They need Chris Sims running them out of the tunnel, baby. Bring <laughs> Texas back. That's right. Oh, that's man. right. They exactly. need they need Chris. They need they need Colt McCoy. They need Vince Young. They need them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring Major yeah, too. Why not? <laughs> Roy Williams, come on back, brother. Like both. Roy oh Williams. man, Roy. Oh, Actually, yeah. Roy Williams went we to Oklahoma the safety, but Roy Williams the wide receiver. Bring him yeah. all back. Yes. Roy yes. Williams the safety. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. We don't need to bring <laughs> him up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Guys, I'm going to have to say I disagree with you on this one. I am selling Shocker. the hype that it is a foregone conclusion for them to win the conference. Look, they've always had this talent on the roster, especially last year. They, they didn't really lose that much. This talent was on the roster last year. You know what they've done consistently under Steve Sarkeesian? Underwhelmed. They don't perform at a level that is up to our expectations despite having every possibility to get there. They have the talent. They've been recruiting five stars. There's no reason why they can't, and that's why we're talking about this. Now, but wait. I, now, I not... get what you're saying, though. I get it, right? Okay. But this is okay. – I think now the expectations will will actually help galvanize the football team this year, whereas I don't think the team okay. was ready to do that last year with their expectations of jumping up. I do think that now the expectations are to a point where, if anything, it's going to really – create a, a way for the team to be a little bit more insulated, a little bit more focused and, and goal-oriented as an entire unit. So I, I have to disagree with that. I think the expectations okay. are so big that they're going to they're gonna double down on just working harder and smarter and, and just being more prepared than the football teams that they're playing against. Well, I, I hope that they I, – I agree with that. I think that's certainly possible, and, and I hope that they they use that as motivation. You know, and you don't get too caught up in reading the, you know, the news clippings and, and whatnot. But the, the other aspect of this, and I know that maybe you guys won't like this even more than what <laughs> I just said. I actually like Kansas State. I, I, I don't see why I wouldn't buy into what Kansas State is doing because Walker Howard took over at the end of the season. And like I, I've been a known Adrian Martinez, uh, let's call it truther, where I didn't think that he was the best option at quarterback. And as soon as Walker Howard took over, that offense started to move a lot smoother. And I think with a small sample size, his performance in the Big 12 championship game is proof that he can be a, a, a strong and quality starting quarterback in the Big 12. When you have a good roster, well-rounded roster, only losing uh, Felix, I'm, for, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. And DK Ozoma. And DK Ozoma. And DK Ozoma. And then Deuce Vaughn. Those guys are gone. But you're returning some other nice players on that roster, especially Cooper Beebe, who is a very talented offensive lineman. 
I don't know, man. I think if Walker Howard takes a small step forward, they play more cohesively as a team. I am yet to see that cohesiveness from from Texas in the, in this time under uh, Steve Sarkeesian. You know, the great part about Will Howard is he's a Philadelphia guy, so we can call him Philly Willie. <laughs> Thanks for that, Ryan. Uh, last, last team that we're talking about today, Penn State. We Every year, every single year, we talk about James Franklin and, and where they can finally reach things. But this year feels different, I will admit. This year feels very different that there is an expectation that they can contend for a Big Ten title. Not going to say that the hype is that they will win the Big Ten, but there are some people saying that don't just say it's a foregone conclusion that Michigan wins. So here, do we think that Penn State has what it takes to actually win the conference? And one would assume if you win, that does get you a trip to the college football playoff. We don't need to include that in this conversation. But does that young core of Nick Singleton, of Drew Allard taking over, all those talented guys, they have like Chop Robinson, Kalen King, Olu Fashanu, who we've talked about a lot on this show. Matt, I want to go to you first here on this one. Do you think that they can accomplish it and win the Big Ten? Michigan right now is numero uno as far as the Big Ten is concerned. And then really it's just a battle for second, I think, right now. And which young quarterback that is now being introduced into the starting role at Ohio State and Penn State is going to show up and really kind of take that team to the next level? You know, is Penn State capable of doing it? You know, I'm not really sure. I feel like Penn State is one of those teams where, like, they put up good numbers offensively, but I feel like it doesn't Mm. always show – game in and game out, especially in, in in big conference games. So that's where I get like a little confused with them, right? They put up a lot of stats and a lot of points, right? And Sean Clifford had a fantastic career at Penn State, and he's, you know, one of the all-time leading passers in the history of the school. You know, at the same time, though, I just I feel like in big game opportunities, I don't see those type of performance versus like Ohio State versus Michigan, you know, uh, routinely as you do from some of the other schools in the conference. I, I just – I believe right now that Michigan has a little bit of a one-up right now just because – it, they, they they, kind of understand how to win those tough games, how to win ugly football games. I think the way that they got exited in the college football playoff is going to be a really, really just like a huge focus for them to not be so self-inflicted with their wounds of their team and, and just play more complimentary football. As corny as that sounds, you know, that's really what Harbaugh wants to do with his football team is be super balanced and not have any weakness. And I think their quarterback takes a step up. So the big Mm. question mark really will be, can they just play a little bit better at the quarterback position than Ohio State to be in that number two spot? I am selling right now the hype of them winning the conference. I kind of need to see it to believe it. I think they have the potential to do it, but I got to see at least how September and October go for them before I start to really buy into that hype. Well, I do think if it's going to happen, this would be the year that it happens for Penn State because I just think that you look yeah. at the roster they've coming back. I mean, I've made this statement in the past, guys, but like that roster coming back in 2023 is one of the top five rosters in college football, in my opinion, just based on pure talent. I mean, you mentioned Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, Abdul Carter on the second level, Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, the other corner, Olu Fashanu, one of the best offensive lines in all of college football is coming back. For Penn State, you yeah. have Drew Aller, who should be a, a, obviously a, a step as far as from talent perspective up at the quarterback position. You have Nicholas Singleton. There's a whole lot, Theo Johnson at tight end, there's a whole lot to get excited about. It's also a year where Ohio State is breaking in a new quarterback, right? And so that there's going to be a little bit of a question mark there. And Michigan's going to have the full target on their back, to, to Matt's point. So sometimes you get that target on your back, either you keep plugging along 
Or maybe you take a little step back because teams know that you are the team that needs to be beaten to be dethroned. And obviously them winning two straight Big Ten championships, they have that target firmly on their back. So it could be the year. I'm selling the take, though, because it's not a believer in James Franklin. That just comes down to it. James Franklin is a tremendous recruiter. He's a really good motivator. I just think he's a very average game day coach. Like I just don't buy into him in the biggest moments being able to translate this talent to production consistently. So when those big games, whenever they have to play a Michigan, Ohio State, or a team that's on the cusp of them making a playoff run, I think that they might fall short a little bit. And that's, you know, I know that sounds terrible because I think that, again, he's a great motivator. He's a great recruiter. I'm just buying him just because I just don't know if the coaching in the right moments is going to be good enough, in my opinion. I completely agree with that last part that you put in there. So I'm also in love with this roster. I'm a big Olufashanu fan. I think that this team has has a lot of potential. They have a lot of potential to maybe get over that hump and beat Ohio State and Michigan. But where I have legitimate pause and why I will not commit to this and why I will say sell to this is exactly what you just said, Ryan. I have to sell because I do not trust James Franklin to get the job done. But most importantly, there's an important piece to this. Drew Allar's performance is going to be so critical to their success. I trust Ryan Day in developing quarterbacks. I trust Jim Harbaugh in developing talented quarterbacks. J.J. McCarthy looked better last year and I think is going to be even better this upcoming season. Kyle McCord might be new, but at the very least, we know what new quarterbacks do when they step in in this offense. They typically, even if it's a slow start, like with C.J. Stroud, they explode eventually. So I can't sit here without any evidence that James Franklin has had a a talented quarterback develop properly. We don't have evidence of that. One of the things, the examples that I continually point to during this offseason is that he had Will Levis on his roster, who was a highly recruited kid, who was a big arm, great athlete, and ended up leaving to go to Kentucky. So why would I be optimistic that Drew Allar is going to live up to these expectations and that this roster is going to get there? Going to be a great football team. Will be hard to stop. But I just think in the first year as a starting quarterback, those are very lofty, lofty goals to hit uh, for Drew Allar. Have you noticed that Joe has sold other- every take that did not involve an SEC school? <laughs> Shut up, uh, but Matt. What were you going to say? Well, my quick question is: is that what other quarterback has Harbaugh developed uh, in his career at Michigan? Well, Andrew Luck is the other example that I'd point to. Oh, okay. and that's not all at right. Michigan, but. I don't. I don't give him that. He hasn't one. had any right. other That's, five that's Greg yet. Roman all the way with Andrew <laughs> Luck. All right, that's Greg Roman all the way. Okay. Yeah, don't take that away from Coach Roman. All right. Who else? Okay. You, who else? You, who else? You got Joe? Joe Milton? Do you want to throw Joe Milton out there? Throw well, it out. No, no, no. My my right, my, right. my point is on what I said is 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 talented quarterbacks like highly recruited kids. So Andrew <laughs> Luck was very highly recruited. He developed. And J.J. McCarthy was highly recruited, and he's Joe Milton was highly recruited as well. But, but sure, Joe, I, mean, I love you, but let's but, face okay, it, Harbaugh really isn't known for developing quarterbacks, right? I mean, that's just the truth of it. We still have more. We have more. We have more evidence for quarterbacks developing under him as a head coach. I'm not saying he's the one physically responsible for. Yeah, it, so maybe Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco, have- where also Greg Roman was the offensive coordinator of that offense. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's forget Gregor Roman exists for, for one second. <laughs> that's but, right, that's, uh, right. that's a good note to wrap us up on, folks. Uh, at Joe DeLeon, at Sims Complete QB, at Rise and Draft. We'll be back next week, next Thursday. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Sorry, Greg. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.